The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus spoke to the crowds and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees have taken their seat on the chair of Moses. Therefore do and observe all things whatsoever they tell you, but do not follow their example. For they preach, but they do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens hard to carry and lay them on people's shoulders, but they will not lift a finger to move them. All their works are performed to be seen. They widen their phylacteries and lengthen their tassels. They love places of honor at banquets, seats of honor in synagogues, greetings in marketplaces, and the salutation, Rabbi. As for you, do not be called Rabbi. You have but one teacher, and you are all brothers. Call no one on earth your father. You have but one father in heaven. Do not be called master. You have but one master, the Christ. The greatest among you must be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, but whoever humbles himself will be exalted. The Gospel of the Lord. Morning to everybody. You know, I think it's very easy to miss the point of this gospel. Um, I remember when I was in, when I came back to the United States, I'd been out of the country for a number of years, and I came back for the first time as a priest, and uh, I was doing youth ministry in this one particular parish, and it's a very pious parish, but there's kind of, uh, kind of brokenness amongst some some of the people just because of their backgrounds, and I think because of that, the people were more open to the faith, and that led to more religiosity, so it was a beautiful thing. But one of the things I noticed was, a lot of times they would read a gospel passage like this, and the first thought would be, how can I apply this to everybody else around me except for myself? And, you know, it's very comfortable and very easy to start thinking, okay, um, the greatest amongst you should be your servant. Whoever exalts himself should be hum- will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. So all of you remember that, except for me, right? <laughs> and I think that's part of our human nature. The reality is, and if you want, this can be the title of the gospel for you. The gospel taken in general, the gospel message, is for us, but it's not about us. Now, what do I mean by that? The gospel is for us to live. So, and when we read the gospel, the first people that we should be thinking of applying it to is ourselves. So when we read the Beatitudes, for example, it's not so that we can go around and judge everybody else and say, well, you're not very poor in spirit, and you're not very meek, and you're not going to... It's so that I look at myself, and I apply it there. And that changes everything. And frankly speaking when we, there's kind of a paradox, because the more that we apply the gospel to ourselves, the more that it implies, in a certain sense, dying to ourselves, and forgetting ourselves, and living precisely for other people. And I think we could ask ourselves, well, what does this look like then? Well, first of all, what it doesn't look like is what Jesus mentions when he does go on the attack. Jesus, frankly, does not go on the attack very often in the gospel, and when he does, it's usually after chapters and chapters of the scribes and Pharisees trying to attack him, and finally he says, enough. 
and then he will point out their hypocrisy, which is kind of what's happening here. Um, what it doesn't look like is to live our religiosity in a way where we're kind of showing off. What the scribes and Pharisees did was they were living in a religious society. So the way that in Israel that you would become more prestigious is you would be seen as being more religious. And they did have in the Torah, there were indications, and I frankly don't remember where, but God said, you know, you should wear what is called a phylactery, which is it was kind of a tassel, and inside, in very miniature, was written commandments from the law, especially the famous Shema. Remember, uh, Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one, you shall have no other gods. And the idea was you would wear it close to your skin and it would be a reminder to you. So again, it's about a reminder to you, you've got this thing, and every time you, you notice it, it's like, ah, reminder. It's kind of like when you tie a string around your finger and say, okay, what's that string for? Oh yeah, I'm supposed to remember. Um, or more recently, the famous, what would Jesus do? The wristbands that they used to wear. Okay, it was a reminder. It wasn't to show off to everybody else. It was like you would look down and you would think, ah, right now, what would Jesus do under these circumstances? But what happens when we don't want to live the gospel? Well, in this case, in the case of the scribes and Pharisees, it started becoming something they did to show off. And they would wear these huge ones so that everybody would see. And they think, oh, he must really be serious about his faith. He's got these huge, long ones. Uh, you know, and it, and it becomes a show. And Jesus is saying, no, you've missed the point. It's not about that. It's not about wearing your faith on your sleeve as a show. It's about you being transformed by the Word of God. And I was digging around in my vast archive of examples of, you know, what does this look like in my mind. And one of my favorite saints popped up. I'm sure most of you have heard of St. Damien of Molokai, right? Kids, have you ever heard of St. Damien of Molokai? Oh, good. I've at least got one crowd of people that doesn't know about him. So St. Damien lived in the late 1800s, so, you know, say about 150 years ago. Now, Molokai is in Hawaii, and at the time, the Molokai Island was a leper colony. So just like in the, in the gospel, you read about people with leprosy, this kind of horrible degenerative disease. Um, it's kind of like literally rotting while you're alive. And because it is dangerous and, you know, contagious and whatnot, um, they use the island of Molokai precisely because it's hard to get to and practically impossible back then to escape from. They would stick the lepers all together there. So it's like, stay away. We don't want to be contaminated by you. So St. Damien was this young, robust priest from, I believe, the Netherlands um, in Europe. And he heard about Molokai and he says he felt called by God to go there and to serve the lepers. He went to Molokai, and, you know, these people are, because they have been abandoned by society, he goes there, and not only are they dying of this horrible disease, and, you know, things are falling off and everything, but because of that, they feel abandoned not only by society, but also by God. So then they were living this horribly immoral life, thinking, look, we've only got a short time to live, so alcoholism was a problem, and morality in general was a problem, because they were living in despair. Damien goes over there, 
And he wears himself out. He digs graves and buries people, and he builds a little hospital with his own hands. And he, you know, he's writing letters all the time, trying to collect money from around the world, saying, look, these people need our help. And he burns himself out. And the worst thing is, you would think that at least the people on the island would be grateful. They weren't. So he was there wearing himself out in the worst possible, you know, imagine with people that are just rotting and how unpleasant that could be and, and, and you're not getting any recognition for anything you do until one day when he caught leprosy and he realized it. And he began his homily, my fellow lepers. And the lepers realized he has put himself out there so far that now he is one of us. And he spent the remaining years of his life, I don't know how much longer he lived, but he got leprosy and gradually started, you know, you can see pictures of him, he looked horrible, um, until he died of leprosy, serving the people. And in that process, then they realized, we have a saint amongst us. But the key for St. Damien was, he was not trying to put on a show. He wasn't telling anybody, hey, come look at how great I am. He was living the gospel. He was dying to himself. He was receiving, for most of his ministry, no recognition or feedback. And only at the very end of his life, when he already had leprosy, did people realize what they had. This is what it means to live the gospel message, to be humbled so that God will exalt us. And a lot of times that's what it's going to be. To be humbled is not fun. To be humbled means we're not necessarily going to receive any great human consolation or recompense. And in the end, it's a blessed thing. Because in the end, what God promises is if you don't receive any human recompense, that is blessed, because I will be the one to give you recompense. And the recompense of God is infinitely greater, infinitely more valuable and more glorious. It's the only one thing, frankly, that fills our hearts. And St. Damien now, I mean, he's, he's gotta be having a great time in heaven. I mean, he's way up there. I would be will, you know, I would be happy if I could even look up and see the soles of his feet if I sneak into heaven, right? His recompense is something immeasurable. And this is what Christ wants for us. To live the gospel is not going to be about being seen, being that person who's so great or prays a lot of rosaries or does whatever here in this life. To live the gospel a lot of the times is going to be somebody who's <coughs> simply willing to spend yourself whether or not it seems like anybody is paying you any notice and sometimes people may even be attacking you for it and nonetheless to live out of love for others with the knowledge that in the end god will he is not blind god will be the one to remember so this is our invitation in this morning's gospel and uh I ask you to all pray for me, and hopefully one day I will be that kind of priest too. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.